I'm Crystal Escobar. This is episode number 36, High Vibe Mindset. Welcome to the Wannabe Balanced Podcast, encouraging you to become the best version of yourself as you strive for balance in motherhood and business. Self-made millionaires, Sean and Crystal Escobar, will help you discover your passion and offer valuable insight into how you can make your dreams come true. And now your host, author, blogger, YouTuber, and wannabe balanced mom, Crystal Escobar. Welcome everybody back to the Wannabe Balance podcast. I'm so excited to have the beautiful Sunit Suchdev. She is a business and mindset coach whose passion is to inspire moms to live their most high vibe life. She's a certified life coach and meditation teacher and the host of the High Vibe Life podcast, which I just started listening to and I love it. She's amazing. She believes that women can have it all. And with the proper mindset, she inspires moms to live the life where they are talking about all the amazing things they are doing instead of everything they are not getting done. She's a proud wife, a mom to twin boys, and an essential oil and green food addict, which I totally love. I love everything about all that you're about right now because, as you know, I've talked to you a little bit about my spiritual journey and how things have taken a a huge shift in my life recently. And so I'm just so glad that the universe brought us together and I can interview you today because I just am so intrigued by you and what you're doing. And I want to hear your whole story because we've just briefly chatted through emails, but I just am so interested in knowing your whole background and your story. I, I heard parts of your podcast where you mentioned that you lost your dad a while ago. How long ago was that? Uh, it's been two years now. Two years. Yeah. Okay. So how about you take it away? Tell us a little <laughs> bit about where you began on your spiritual journey and how you became a life coach and all that. Sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show, Crystal. It's awesome yeah. to be here. And I agree with you. Like I, I, you know, I started seeing all the things that you're into and I see these shifts you're making in your own life. And, uh, you know, I really feel connected to you already. I know we probably have a lot in common, so I can't wait for us to chat. Um, yeah. So basically, you know, I mean, the story could take days, but I'll try to keep it not too, <laughs> I'll try to keep it short. Yeah. Um, so my spiritual journey, I like to say, really started when I was born. You know, I had the benefit of being born into this culture. My my parents are from India, and so you know, I grew up in this Eastern religion with like yoga and meditation was not like a weird thing for us, right? It was just kind of what Indian people do, and they're very into even when it comes to like Ayurvedic healing and, you know, natural, um, you know, reaching for natural remedies instead of medication and, and all of these things, you know, and even our religion was a bit, is a bit, I would say it's a bit more of a spiritual religion. So I was born into that. So it was my normal I can't say I really appreciated that though. Like it was kind of like, okay, that's my religion. That's how things are. That's just life for me. Um, and then as I got older and started, you know, you get to this point where you really start to become aware of the self, like who am I? What's my purpose? And you start to recognize the difference between your ego and your actual soul, like they're two different things, right? And you start thinking about life and death and all these things. I just became much more aware of what I was surrounded by in terms of, okay, there's so many different religions out there and so many different belief systems. And my parents never really shoved our religion down our throats. Our religion is a very, um, I'd say it was more our culture, like the Indian culture is very, things have to be done a certain way and very strict. And I know you, I'm sure you can relate to that because I know I've listened to a few of your shows. So that <laughs> for me was like interesting because I started thinking, well, my culture and the rules that I'm growing up with are not the things that our religion actually says. So like our spiritual teachings and our holy book was saying things that were different than what I was learning from my culture, if that makes sense. And mm -hmm. I started just having these little like aha moments where I was thinking about, well, why would, you know, why would we not be allowed to marry outside of our 
religion or our culture, why do I have to marry somebody who's Indian when our spiritual book says that we are all God's children and we're all the same? And so I just started having these little aha moments of, okay, it's actually not my religion, but my culture, which is like man-made. And I think religion is Mm -hmm. man-made too, but I just started kind of putting these pieces together and, and deciding for myself that I didn't really want to live my life according to these made up rules just because someone Mm. said so. I wanted to like discover the true meaning of life, you know? So I kind of, I would say I kind of got into that more into my late twenties and thirties was when I really started diving in and my, my religion is Sikh. So I was learning more about Sikhism and the spiritual teachings and what it really preaches as opposed to what I had been taught by the culture and the people. And then, you know, as I moved through my 30s, um, a few things happened in my life that I, some struggles that I went through. My mom was diagnosed with cancer. Then I struggled with infertility for years. Uh, After I was blessed with my twin boys, we wanted more kids. I had two miscarriages. And like life just was tough, you know, for, 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 I'd say probably most of my 30s, there was some really hard things that we went through. And then literally on my 40th birthday, I I went to Las Vegas to spend, you know, my 40th birthday with some girlfriends and I found out that weekend, um, so my, my parents and I don't live in the same city, we're probably about an hour plane ride apart, so I hadn't, you know, we weren't living in the same city, but while I was in Las Vegas, I got a phone call that my dad had been admitted to emerge with a massive headache and that they had found a tumor in his brain and they were gonna do this emergency brain surgery. So you can imagine I'm like in Las Vegas celebrating my birthday and I get this news. And at that time, it didn't even occur to me that, you know, he wouldn't be with us a year later. Like I was just thinking, okay, it's a tumor, they're gonna get it out, life's gonna go back to normal, everything's gonna be fine. Yeah, I felt really blessed in that moment to be with my closest friends because I actually, you know, left my family and friends when I married my husband and moved to where we live now. Um, And so being in Las Vegas for my birthday was actually a gathering. Like those were girlfriends that I didn't live close to. So everyone had flown there to meet up for my birthday. So I was actually surrounded by love and surrounded by my friends. And so I felt really glad about that. And then, you know, he had his brain surgery. And then when I got home, Uh, I think he like had his brain surgery, like, you know, my birthday was on a Saturday, his surgery was on Sunday, and I got home Monday. And then when I got home, my sister and I were talking on the phone. And that's when she told me, she said, you know, they took the tumor out, and they did a biopsy and he has this brain cancer and it's called glioblastoma. And I had never heard of that word before and now I feel like I hear it all the time. You know, it's Mm -hmm. the same brain cancer John McCain died of, um, Gord Mm -hmm. Downey of the um, Tragically Hit Band died of this. So it just like, I didn't know anything about it and I started reading about it and learning about it and realizing that it's a deadly brain cancer and most people don't survive and Mm. we had probably like nine or 10 months left with him. So that is when I really went into like, that was when my shift happened. You know, people always talk about Mm -hmm. how they kind of change when they get into their forties, but that was literally like what happened on my 40th birthday. So it's really interesting. And then it was just like, I I had a full-time corporate job that I loved. I worked in the pharmaceutical industry. I was, you know, kind of had been there for almost 10 years. I was climbing up the corporate ladder. Life was good. I had my twins and had a happy marriage. And suddenly, like, my life just was completely shaken. And so... I had to make some, you know, decisions about what we were going to do because we had a very limited amount of time with my dad and we didn't live in the same city and my kids didn't really know their grandpa because they didn't see them very, you know, we didn't see each other all that often. And so I took a leave of absence from work and I took my kids and it was around this time of year actually. It was because it was my birthday's in October, so he was diagnosed at the end of the month and then in November we just were like, okay, we're going to have to go there and, you know, we left my husband for until Christmas time, which was the longest we'd ever been apart and the longest the kids had ever been without their dad. But I wanted to be there for my parents and my dad was going to be going through some intensive treatment. 
um, to try to give us, you know, as, as much time as we could have with him. So I wanted to be there for that. And so it was in those days that I finally, for the first time in a very long time, I, I wasn't working. Um, all I was doing was focusing on my family and my dad and my kids. And then I'd go to, you know, I'd put everybody to bed every night. And then I just would would think, okay, like, you know, I'd be online, I'd be searching, I'd be trying to find things to help my dad, which is also when I discovered essential oils, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of remember thinking to myself, like, it was just that realization of, wow, like, life is short, you know? I don't know, it just hit me all of a sudden. Um, he's going to die, and he was perfectly healthy, and there's nothing wrong with him, and all of a sudden, he's got, like, nine months left, ten months left. And then I started thinking about more about the meaning of life and what's going to happen to him when he dies and where does his spirit go? And all these things just kind of happened at around that time for me. So I started having... Wait, these, really quickly, yeah. does with your culture and religion that you grew up with, did you guys talk much about life after death? Like what, what was it that you believed in or was it just because you hadn't really given it much thought growing up? No, we actually... Um, uh, our our religion uh, believes in reincarnation. Oh, okay. so that was my belief. My belief was yeah. that you're reincarnated. Um, you know, uh, you come back to the earth as something else. But then mm-hmm. I had kind of started thinking about this. Okay, well, you're reincarnated, which means that it's your soul that comes back. You're in a different body, and we believe that you become come back reincarnated as many things. You can come back as an animal. You can come back as a person. So that that part of my belief has been there for a really long time. So I had always been aware of the difference between your soul and your ego, right? It's like when we die, we die, mm-hmm. but there is something that lives on that comes back reincarnated in a different body. Mm-hmm. So I've always been very mindful of that and believe that. But then when I found out that my dad was dying, I started giving more thought to that, like more thought mm-hmm. to this idea of the the spirit versus the ego and, and all of these things. And I just became really hyper aware of it and wanting to learn more about it. And um, also in those days, you know, my twins were three years old and I was essentially, I don't know, I hate, I feel, I feel bad saying I was like a single mom because I had my mom there and my dad there and my family there, but it's like, we were so focused on my dad and there was so much going on with him that I essentially felt like I was a caregiver to not only my twins, but also my mother and my father and having to be strong and take him to his appointments. And it was really hard on me and, you know, to not have my husband around at that time and I had some tough days, you know, like those are some tough days. I just remember yeah. like being really strained at the end of the day. And, you know, three is not an easy age for, I mean, no, twin for boys. twins even. Yeah, it was tough for me. <laughs> That's and, a busy age. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I, I discovered meditation at that time. Like I had always been this go, go, go type A personality, loved the juggle, loved feeling like I could do it all. And suddenly my dad had brain cancer and I was just thinking about all these things like, you know, what caused his brain cancer and is this genetic? And at that time also being really aware of how stress can affect your health and your emotional health and your brain health. And I just remember thinking, I have to have, I have to change something or I'm not going to make it. Like I'm not going to be able to be here in the capacity I need to be here for my family if I'm not taking care of myself. And so I started to teach myself to meditate, which if you were to tell me like, you know, 10 years ago that that's something I ever would have done, I would have been like, no way. Like that's not happening. Really? Even though in your religion, meditation is common, right? Yeah. But you just never really practiced it. Exactly. I never really, okay. pro- you know, I, I mean, I mean, no, I never really practiced it. You know, mm. like there was times when my mom would sit down to like be in prayer or whatever and I would watch her and I would sit with her. But I didn't really get it. Like I wasn't yeah. really doing that. Yeah. Um, and because I was so busy and my brain was always going a million miles a minute, I just felt like that's not really for me. I can't really just sit quietly. You're like, I don't have time for that. <laughs> exactly. I don't have time for that. Yeah. And my brain just doesn't shut off. And yeah. so, <clears throat> but I taught myself, you know, I was just like, okay, I'm just going to start with like one minute 
at a time, I'm going to start with breathing exercises. I was just looking up all these different ways and finding these apps. And I started incorporating that into my day. And slowly, that really started helping me kind of get a handle on everything. And at the same time, I started having this aha about the fact that, hey, I don't miss my job. Like I had always been this person that had <laughs> major like fear of missing out when it came to work. I didn't want to oh. miss out on any opportunities. I didn't want to miss out on, you know, anything going on in the company. And all of a sudden I didn't care. Like I didn't care what was happening back at work. I didn't feel like I was missing out. And that's when I really started to have this intersection of like, I want to do more with my life because I saw what my dad was going through. He was an immigrant from another country. He had worked hard his whole life to provide for his family. Now he was dying. There's just all these things that were like popping up in my head. Like I was like, I don't want my life to be like this where I work in a, like, you know, am am I working my passion? Am I like really doing what I love to do? Am I lit up every day? There's just a lot of things kind of swimming around in this brain of mine you know and I had a lot of time to think because I I would put my kids to bed and I'd be you know at the end of the night I'd just be sitting online or looking on Facebook or whatever researching stuff and in the meantime a part of the story that I haven't mentioned is fast go backwards about you know a few years prior when I was on maternity leave with my twins I actually had started a blog it was like a mom blog. It was called Modern Twin Mom. And what I would, year was this? It was a 2012. Okay. So was, uh, around the time that I started, I was in. I started like 2010. Oh, did you? Okay. My my blog. Yeah, that's. It's fun to find out when how long ago it was yeah. when you started. And that's when you know blogging was still like pretty. Yeah. I mean, blogging's huge now, but I mean at that time it was like it was a pretty big thing, and uh, it, the community was different, right? Podcasting yeah, wasn't really sure. a thing, and. Um, people would leave you comments and you connect with other (laughs) bloggers. Like that was fun. Yeah. So I had had this blog, which I, because I had a full-time job, the blog was really, I enjoy writing. I enjoy sharing. I enjoy supporting other women. And I just started this blog to, to share how I was raising my twins and the different ways that I, you know, ways I was Mm -hmm. disciplining them or how I got my body back after having twins. Like I was just kind of writing whatever I felt like and meeting women throughout that process and helping women. And I remember thinking to myself, I wonder if I could make money blogging because I mm-hmm. had been blogging for a few years by this point, but it wasn't something I was interested in monetizing. I didn't really understand how to turn it into a business. And now all of a sudden I was kind of staying up late at night and I was thinking about the meaning of life and realizing I wanted to do more. And I'm like, hey, I wonder if I could do more with my blog. And that's when I discovered this whole world of like online business and, you know, podcasting. And I somehow late one night um, ran into a, it was like an advertisement for Marie Forleo's B-School. So I don't know if you've ever heard of Marie Forleo. For sure. But I had never heard of her at that point. And I was obviously targeted for an ad because I was searching (laughs) online business and things like that. And somehow, you know, she made her way onto my screen. And I think that was probably around, yeah, that would have been in December. And her B-School was starting up in March. And I had no idea. Is that her life, is is that like a life coach certification thing? No, B-School is like an online business course. So that's Okay, I've heard her talk about it, but I just... I figured since you're a life coach, I wondered if that's how you got certified. No. So my life coaching actually came from the industry that I was in because I was moving up in the ranks and I was um, taking on leadership and coaching positions and managing positions. My company actually paid for me to go and get my life coaching. Yeah. So, and, and to be honest with you at that time, it never even occurred to me to, to be a life coach. I just had that training because of work and I was using what I learned in work, but that came later because I ended up enrolling in B school. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I just remember pulling out my credit card and dropping $3,000 on this online course. Like I had no idea what I was going to, I was like, I have no idea what's going to happen here, but something feels like I should do it. 
Yeah. So I ended up taking that course. It was an eight week course. And that is where it all shifted for me. And I realized that I could take something I was passionate about and something that I really love to do um, and turn it into a business. And I learned the basics of online marketing and, you know, starting a business. And through that B-School community, I met a ton of other people. You know, I ended up networking with a bunch of people who had podcasts and who were people, you know, publishers looking for authors for their books. And all of a sudden, my world just started to, I don't know, change, like all these things. Like, you know, I, I, I started changing how I was blogging and I, I revamped my website and I started implementing all the things that I had learned in this course. And I started offering life coaching services to moms who were just, you know, entering motherhood or about to become moms because at that time, that was kind of my niche. Um, and then before you know it, I was like, you know, I was a guest on somebody's podcast and uh, I was asked to co-author on a book and I just started doing more of what I really loved to do. And, um, you know, I didn't know what was going to come of it, but I also knew that I had found something that was bringing me joy and I just no longer wanted to like work in pharma anymore. And so mm -hmm. I I continued to work for a bit. Um, but financially, you know, we, my husband runs a successful business. So we were in a position where I could quit my job and kind of figure it out later. So I went ahead and I quit my job. Mostly my, I didn't quit my job to start a business or anything. I, qu I quit my job because I just wanted to quit my job and I was kind of done. And my dad was dying by this point. It was like, you know, August of the following year, he was dying. I wanted to spend more time with my family. So I ended up quitting my job. And then after he died is when I really got serious and was like, okay, like I'm really, I, I really want to do something with this online thing. And by that point I had started entertaining me. I'd been a guest on a podcast and I'd started entertaining the idea of having a podcast. And that's where it all kind of unraveled. Like one thing led to another. I expanded my business. I started doing the coaching. I came up with like a prenatal course, like for women, you know, who are about to have a baby. It was like a mindset shift course if you're mm -hmm. about to become That's a so mom. Cool. Yeah. So I was doing some really cool stuff um, th that was just bringing me joy. And I just was learning along the way. And now we're like two years later, and things have definitely evolved and you know my my strategy has shifted and even my my business has shifted like my it used mm -hmm. to be called modern twin mom and then it changed to modern mommy prep school and then oh. my, my audience was growing with me and so I was growing with them and things have just evolved you know and now we've gotten to this place today I ended up becoming a certified meditation teacher because I just saw the value in how it had helped me and the more I dove into it the more I wanted to learn more and I should also add that at that same time when I started meditating myself, I started getting my three-year-olds meditating as well. That's so awesome. And so, you know, as I started to kind of grow and evolve in my business, people would be like, how do you get your kids to meditate? And so, you know, it's all just been this like journey of uh, just doing all these things that I love to do and always trying to figure out a way to like continue to do that. And I just come from a place of, okay, you know, I've been in that place where I've needed that and I've made all these shifts because of the situation that I was in. And now I've honed in on how I made those shifts. And so now I'm really just passionate about inspiring other women to do the same thing because I truly believe I'm, I'm living like my happiest and best life now. And mm -hmm. I, I believe it's possible for everybody but it starts with believing that it's possible. You know, like if you would have told me this, like I said, 10 years ago, that you could run a business online and make a lot of money doing something you really love to do, I, I wouldn't have believed you because I would have thought, well, no, I'm happy in my job and I'm good here. But I noticed that when you start to change the way that you think and you make those shifts and you make space to get quiet and really allow your gifts to shine through, that that's where the magic really lies. And um, I feel like I've really honed in on some specific things that have helped me to get to where I am. And now I just kind of try to inspire others to do the same. So yeah. I know that wasn't super short, but that's basically no, my I love story it. and how I kind I of love, ended up where I am. I love every bit of it. So does that mean that your boys are five now? They're six. Six. Okay. Yeah. 
And so I'm curious to know, how does your coaching work? Do you do one-on-one coaching, group coaching, weekly coaching? Do you have like a monthly program? Tell me how that works. Because I was part of a, I was coached, um, I was part of a, a, I mean, I was not a life coach, but I was involved in a, a monthly subscription with a life coach. And it was very helpful for me. But um, I would continue I mean, I, I recommend having a life coach for everyone. The only reason why I I ended my life coaching subscription with that particular coach had nothing to do with her in particular, but um, it was because of my faith shift. Mm. I needed somebody that was more on, she was in the religion that I was in, and that's why I chose her, and she was great. She was actually the one that helped me out of the religion. <laughs> she kind of oh. helped me see things, like she opened up my eyes, and um, so I thank her for that. She she was like a huge part of my awakening, what I call it, And um, but I just, at this point, um, I just felt like it was too sensitive for me. I could not be exposed to the things that were kind of stirring me up inside, you know, yeah. so... But I definitely feel like having a life coach or being part of a, a program has had huge – I've benefited from it like tremendously. Oh, so I want to know how huge. yours works. Yeah. So basically I have been doing one-on-one coaching for this whole time. Um, I, tr- I did like an online course for prenatal uh, for a while as well for prenatal women who were in the prenatal stage. But I'm at a point now where over the last six months, it's my business has really – I, I changed my podcast. My podcast used to be called Modern Mommy Prep School, the podcast, and I changed oh. it to the High Vibe Life because I was just beginning to st- stray away from talking about stuff for new moms, and it was really talking more about mindset and, and all mm. of that. So I felt like I needed to, to shift that. And with that, I started attracting a different type of client, which is what I wanted. Mm-hmm. But I ended up um, and I really enjoyed the one-on-one coaching for a long time, but you know, you get to a place where you're running a, an online business where you want to be able to continue to help the same number of people, but the demand on your time increases. So you yeah. can't, you can't do it in mm-hmm. the same way. And because I, you know, took this training with Marie Forleo and I've kind of immersed myself in doing the online business thing, I, I also feel like And this was coming up over and over in my one-on-one coaching where I would work with a woman. We're trying to shift her mindset and help her get to like a better place in all these areas of her life. And one of the key things that I do with everybody is get them to reconnect with kind of like who they are, like their gifts and their, their, um, you know, their, their purpose in life. And I, I just feel like sometimes we lose that, especially as moms, you start to become like a mom and then you forget what your real Mm -hmm. purpose is. And you think it's to be a mom, but actually it's not, you have so many other gifts to share with the world. And so wait, let me stop you right there. Because for me, that was a difficult thing for me. And I think it had a lot to do with the religion I was in. I felt like it was bad to consider any thing else as a, my purpose. Yeah. When I'm a mom, I yeah. felt like I can't have anything else besides being a mom. I have to just that's my purpose and and I felt so much guilt inside that I wanted something more, you know, as throughout my years of being a mother. I wanted more than just being a mom and I always felt guilty saying that. Yeah, and it's so common and I always say guilt comes from a place of misalignment of two things that you want. You know, like when we feel guilty for doing something, it's because we feel like by doing the thing we want to do, we're depriving something else. So in this case, it would be we're depriving our children of something. So it's like we don't feel like we can do both. We feel like, well, either... I have to deprive my kids in order to give myself what I want, or I have to deprive myself in order to give my kids what I want. But that's a mindset shift, right? Mm -hmm. It's a, and and I, I, I probably is because of, you know, your religion that maybe you have felt that way, but it's not even just religion. I think it's just society. Like in society, oftentimes we are, we are taught or trained to believe that you can't have it all. Like nobody Mm -hmm. ever actually says that you can have it all. People will say you can't have it all. Um, You're going to have to give up something. And that's where the guilt comes from. So, you know, if I have to go to work and while I go to work, my kids are with their grandparents. um, Instead of thinking, man, I'm leaving my kids and I'm going to work and I'm doing something I enjoy, but my kids are deprived because I'm not with them. 
What if we shifted our thinking to think, I get to go to work and do something I enjoy and spend time with other adults having intelligent conversation and my kids get to hang out with their grandparents who are going to probably love them and spoil them even more than I would and Mm -hmm. they're going to give them that that attention that all kids should get from their grandparents and the kids are going to benefit from being in an environment like that instead of just being with me all the time right so again it's that mindset shift of really what are you giving up and is it what you think it is or is that just something that's in your head yeah exactly and one thing that really helped me through that is to remind myself, like you said, it's the mindset to remind myself that I am being an example to them as well. So I wanted to be able to um, focus on the things that I was doing and pursuing was things that they are seeing, or eventually will see, you know, my podcast, my book, things that I feel like one day they'll recognize and they'll, they'll have that you know, and, and they can be proud of that. They can learn from and, and also just the, the example of somebody watching somebody pursue their dreams and not just, um, I mean, I guess it's like, I, I felt like I had to show that I'm so selfless that I give up everything that I want for my kids. But I think there is a healthy balance to be able to not give up the things that you want, but still be there for your kids and, and not be um, all consumed in your business, but, you know, balancing it, balancing the two. Yeah. And the thing is, who are we showing? You know, like I always say, who are you doing this for? Are you trying to show everybody else that you're selfless? I think when we stop looking at what everyone else might think or what everyone else is doing, and we just kind of stay in our own lane, like we just focus Mm -hmm. on what is important to me and my family, and not yeah. about anybody else. And I, you can probably relate to this. I know I grew up in a culture where you care what other people think. You're raised <laughs> to care what other people think. Everybody knows your business. Mm-hmm. Um, and the culture was very strict. And, well, why can't I do this? Well, what will people say? That, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I realize now after kind of all the deep diving that I've done, you know, after my dad died and I kind of went down this path. I ended up going to like a Gabby Bernstein Spirit Junkie Masterclass retreat in New York. I, you know, went to Danielle Laporte. Uh, All these spiritual teachers that I've loved, I started just consuming their content and realizing that it actually doesn't matter. All these made up rules of like, (laughs) well, you can't do this and you shouldn't do that and you should just stay home and not go to work. That's what's best for the kids. It's like, who made that stuff up anyway? You know, it's made right. up. It's not real. And what is real is our own, like I always say now, for me, I honestly do not, like I just, I am so strong in who I am and the values that I have and the the goals I have for my family that I really don't care what anybody says. You know, somebody could look at me and say, why are you doing this? Or why do you do it that way? And I would say, well, because that's what lines up with what I value. And if you don't agree with that, that's totally okay. Because you're not, you have different hopes and dreams, I hope for your kids. I hope we all have different hopes and dreams for our kids and our families. And we have different things that we value and prioritize. And we have to live our lives according to that. Where we get messed up is when other people tell us what we should do. Well, you Mm -hmm. should not be working. You should be taking care of your kids 24 hours a day. You should, you know, do everything selflessly and give of yourself. That is something that somebody has put upon you that's not actually real. So, you know, I usually encourage people to like reconnect with themselves and like what were the things that you used to love to do? What came naturally to you before you became a mom? You know, um, what are your passions? What brings you joy? What lights you up? What could you do all day long and not get sick of it? And start to kind of hone in on that and start to curate something there. And then oftentimes, you know, in my coaching, I would help these women start to think about maybe how they could start like a side gig or a business or work on something that fulfills their their dreams of doing their own thing. Um, so, you know, to get back to your original question, yeah, I did one-on-one for a really long time, but then 
last month I just felt like, okay, I've hit my max of one-on-one clients and I want to do a cool problem to have. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And I wanted to do more group, group type stuff. So right now I'm just in these phases of testing things out. I'm running different online programs. Some of them are completely free. Some of them are like a small fee, but I'm trying to do these online group coaching uh, to see how it's falling and landing for people and how I could maybe turn it into something for the future. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm really in a transition phase of going from one, one-on-one to, to more group stuff. And I, mm-hmm. I find the group stuff brings me joy because it's a collective of like-minded people. Yeah. Um, I, I did this challenge last month, 30 Days to Shift Your Mindset. And I provided this really comprehensive, awesome workbook and checklists and all these awesome things. And the workbook is available for people to get at any time. But a few times a year, I want to show up live in this group and just give to those people and serve and walk them through it all. And so in October, when we kicked it off, you know, the group was like, I think there's like over 100 people in there. They downloaded the workbook and they wanted to go through this mindset shift. And just the collective vibe of that group, like you can feel that these people are here because they really want to make change and they want to live a happier, more high vibration life. And so I really feed off of that. I feed off of that energy. And so I know I'm, I'm on the right track and I'm in the right place, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. And I'm going to for sure provide all the information for people who are interested in your free workbook to shifting your mindset, the changing your life in 30 days program that you're offering that you're talking about, because um, I think that's a really awesome thing to offer. And I'll, I'll for sure have that available in, in the show notes and on my website for people who are interested in looking into that. But before we end our interview, I, I do want to ask you, with me going through this whole um, faith transition has been way more um, consuming than I ever imagined it would be, which I feel really good about because it is really causing me to dig deep and to look within and to find that connection, that that real connection with God or un- the universe. I'm at the point right now where I'm open to everything, just like Wayne Dyer says, be open to everything attached to nothing. And yeah. I love being that way. I feel I'm I'm looking deep within and, and discovering what I know to be true for me. And um, it, it's exciting, but I'm sure, as you know, these big life, big, these things that happen in life definitely cause a lot of um, stirring within, which is, I think, is an important part of our evolution and expanding our consciousness. You know, we kind of need these traumatic things to happen in order for us to wake up and so I'm always curious to know how other people would describe God because for me that was the the scariest part of this whole transition is I got I um I came upon a bunch of information about my religion that basically um proves that it was all fictional you know like the scriptures that we thought were like real and from God it was just a it was not um not real. It it wasn't real, and which they have great stories, but it was just like I love what Mark, Martha how Martha Beck says. Sometimes the ground is swept out from under our feet because we were, are meant to learn how to fly. Mm. And I feel like that is exactly what happened to me. I the rug was pulled out from underneath me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like how do I go on living? I don't know what what's true. I don't know what to believe. I don't know anything. I felt like because I had trusted so much in this religion. And, um, but it was so intense because I went through it and thankfully it was only about three days where I was so confused about life and, um, I had this panic attack and I, I did a podcast about it, but I did not, I could not, um, grasp the concept of God and, and that alone was enough to make me feel like, how could I go on living? If there's no purpose to life, if there's no life after death, if there's no God, you know, so it caused me to really question those, like really question that, you know, like, is there really a God? And now I'm, I'm way beyond that. And I feel I felt this deep connection with a source, a God or whatever. I'm, but I'm not caught up in the details of what God looks like or if it is a person or whatever. But I do love to hear everybody's different interpretations of God and how they feel it, how they find peace and how they, what gives them peace. 
Oh, that's such a big question. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, again, a lot of how we see the world stems back to how we were raised, right? So for me, I have been raised in, you know, in a family and a religion where God is, God is, you know, we are one. God is the same for all of us. He loves all of us. And I have always had this like kind of picture of him in my head, but I think I knew deep down inside that that's not really what he looks like. You know, I just have never really, I just feel like he's all knowing, all encompassing, loving. And it wasn't until I started diving into this, um, well, let's put it this way. I used to pray to God a lot, like, God, please, like, let me get through this, or please let me have a baby, or, uh, you know, please let my mom get through this cancer. Like, there was a lot of conversations with God. And then when I moved into this more kind of, and I actually had this revelation just a few days ago, um, I just realized that over the last few years, I still believe in God. I do believe in God and I, I believe there's a higher power, but now I don't pray to God. I don't, it's been a long time since I've put my hands together and been like, please God, like let this happen. I'm more mm -hmm. a believer in energy and mm -hmm. in um, the universe. And like you said, source, like now I, I don't know anymore. Like what I'm connected to, is that God or is that the universe? And honestly, it's like this last few years, I have felt more like it's some, it's the universe. It's like, I don't have to pray to God for anything because I'm in charge because I have these magical powers of being able to control my destiny through my mindset mm -hmm. shift and my thoughts. And I believe in the, you know, the law of attraction. Yeah. And, um, I talk a lot about this with my, in my mindset shift group that, you know, if you are just sitting there like, begging like please god please let this happen then you're in a plate of desperate place of desperation yeah and that energy is never going to get you anywhere whereas if you feel like this is mine this is going to come to me i can feel it and you raise your vibration then the universe will give you more of that so i know it's kind of a convoluted answer but i really just now have this like sense of peace that what is meant to happen will happen and that I can control some of that by how I show up in this space. And mm -hmm. I, I kind of, I still believe in a God and actually I raise my children to believe in, a, I call him God. I, I call it a higher power because I want them to grow up believing in something. Mm -hmm. But I now just, I don't have faith in just God. Right now it's like, yeah. like, okay, God's there. He's looking out for me. And like, maybe when I die, maybe I'll meet him. Like, I don't know. But now I feel like I'm not praying to some random thing or person hoping for something to happen. I feel so empowered knowing that I'm in control. I can, you know, there are some things that happen you have no control over, but I truly believe that our energy can bring us so much, right? Like when my yeah. dad was diagnosed, it was like, please God, let there be a miracle. Of course, right? You're going to yeah. have those, mm -hmm. those thoughts. But now it's like, if it's something small, you know, like a, whatever, like whether I want success in my business or anything, I'm not going to be praying to God anymore. I'm going to be taking ownership and raising my own vibration and changing my energy and working on my own spiritual shifts so that I can attract the good things to me. Yes. And that's kind of the place that I'm in right now and, and how I see it. And I think God is kind of like there and it's an umbrella and it's a great thing to lean back on in really, really hard times. But otherwise, I feel much more in control of, of my life's destiny now than I ever have. Yes, I can totally relate to that. That's kind of been, I mean, I just, yeah, I, I for sure feel a shift in the way I'm seeing the world, the way I'm seeing God. But it's like, it's a really interesting and, and exciting shift because it's more than I even imagined before. Yeah. So I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for this experience, but you know, of course it has not been easy. Just like you had to go through that with your dad. It's not easy, but it was something I'm sure you can look back at now and realize that, Oh my gosh, I needed that 
for me to get to where I am now. Like I needed that in order for me to evolve to this place. Oh, totally. I say that all the time. You know, I, I, I say that all the time that losing my dad was the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Um, yeah. But in that, I also found some of the best things that's that have ever happened to me. And it's so ironic and feels weird to say that. But in his death is where I found myself and all the things I'm doing now. I, I sometimes think if my dad was still around, where would I be? What, what would I be doing? I'd probably be still in the same space, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's sad that that's what it took for me to be where I am, but I am very grateful. You know, I'm very grateful yeah. for, for that. And, and that gratitude, I think, also has carried me through those tough times. Like I always say this to people, when you're in a state of turmoil and you're feeling like you can't possibly continue on, take a minute and shift your vibration by giving gratitude for for something else. And that's yeah. how I got through it. Like I just was like, you know, when we found out he was dying, I could have just laid down and died myself, you know, but instead I chose to be grateful for the fact that we had some time. And so yeah. anytime something horrible came up, I would look for the, for the gratitude in it. And that's how I got mm -hmm. through. And I think that is actually what raised me up and allowed me to receive more good things in my life. And I, and I, that's my number one piece of advice for everybody is always to put yourself into a state of gratitude, even when you feel like you have nothing to be grateful for, because, um, that gratitude will open you up to so many other more beautiful things. That's how you're going to yeah. get through the tough times. Yeah. I love that. So do you ever feel his spirit? Do you feel a closeness in any way do you still believe in life after death I'm sure you do like that we yeah. go on yeah right our souls are eternal absolutely I do and you know what my dad was one of those people when I talk about the people in my culture and the way I was raised my dad was very strict you know there are a lot of things that his ego him as a person in the form that he was in that I didn't agree with you know there was a lot of friction when I was growing up I was a teenager I was testing boundaries and he was really <laughs> firm and, and and strict in his ways and I remember after he died or when he got was very, getting very close to death just thinking that person that he was is going to be left behind that ego uh, mm -hmm. you know all the friction that we ever had and I just remember having that thought that when he passes on, his spirit will probably be, you know, wherever it is. And it's going to be just completely a spirit of love. And I don't know, it just gave me a comfort knowing mm -hmm. that, you know, there were a lot of things that my dad and I butt heads on and a lot of things I didn't agree with. And a lot of them had to do with like the culture and how I was being raised. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I wasn't allowed to date or have boyfriends or go out with my friends. Like, um, and me and him had a lot of friction over the years and, you know, there's just a comfort in knowing that that was just his ego. That wasn't yeah. really him. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember after he died talking to a spirit, uh, uh not a spirit guide. What was she? She was like, like a, a medium. Yeah. She was a medium, but she doesn't like, she wasn't a psychic, but she, she talks to your spirit guides. Oh, and, oh, cool. You know, I started learning about the spirit guide stuff after he died. I, I love that. I've been learning about that too. Yeah, it's very it's interesting. It's pretty interesting, right? And it's, pre yeah. it's pretty cool to feel like you have these guides that travel with you, that, that guide yeah. you. And she said, um, so I asked her about him. I was like, you know, I'm, I just want to know like where he is and what, what he's thinking and what he's doing and everything. Mm -hmm. And she said that to me. She said, you know, you and your dad, like with your egos, both of your egos, there was a lot of friction between you guys. And I know that you feel like you couldn't possibly ever live up to all the expectations he had of you. But she said in his death, you're going to be closer because his Ooh. ego is gone. And, mm. um, you know, I have kids and supposedly, I don't know if this is true, but apparently kids are closer to the spirit world because of how young they are and if they're mm. a reincarnation of a previous life, then it's something that they're more connected to because they're so young, right? So yeah. uh -huh. um, so that was interesting because ever since he has died, I, 
I do see it in them. Like I do, I see him in them and sometimes mm-hmm. they'll say stuff that only he would have said or they'll do stuff that only he would have done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they talk about him like, you know, quite, mm-hmm. quite often. So I do, I feel like he's around and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes things will happen and I'm much more open now than I used to be to thinking, okay, like, Maybe that's his spirit. I don't believe in ghosts per se, but I Mm -hmm. do believe that, you know, our soul and our spirit lives on and until it's reincarnated or if it's reincarnated that, um, it, you know, it'll, it'll be kind of watching over you. And so, yeah, I do feel that. I do feel that with him for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. I love, I love talking about all this kind of stuff because it has been like so everything that I want to know about right now, you know, just with this whole thing that I'm going through, it's just, um, it's, it's been really exciting to learn these new things and to be open to new things. Cause I was so, I didn't realize how closed minded I was mm-hmm. my entire life because I was not basically in our religion. We're not allowed to believe anything else, you know, like this, we believed we had the one and only true religion and why look elsewhere? We have all the truth, you know, we have everything. And so it is really exciting for me to finally be able to open myself up, open up my heart and to just um, to learn even more. I didn't realize I could how much more I could learn by just not closing my mind, not being so close minded into this and fit myself into this little box that, you know, you just have to believe this. You can't look beyond. This is it, you know? So it's really exciting for me. So I love talking about all this stuff. And I'm so glad that I got to hear your story. Such a beautiful story. So inspiring. And so thank you so much for your time. I just have loved everything. And I'm going to for sure add all the information to the show notes and my website. So awesome. Well, thank, thank you, for- you for having me. I knew we were going to have like a great conversation. And yes. yeah, I can't wait to chat again. And yeah, it's it's I love talking to people like you, especially with the open mind part. It's like, there's a big difference between talking to someone who just, you can't possibly explain something to somebody who just doesn't want to hear it or isn't ready to hear it. But once you open your mind, man, it's like the possibilities are endless. Yeah. And it's more exciting than ever, than I ever imagined. So I just love it. I'm happy about it. Well, thanks for having (laughs) me on. It was so awesome to talk to you today. Thanks for listening to the Wannabe Balanced podcast. Get access to free resources available at wannabebalanced.com. If you love the show, then leave a review or share it with a friend. Until next week.